0: Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by collegealternative.org presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Bob Hennan. Bob is a therapist with Emerald Arrow at Blue Ridge Therapeutic Wilderness. His focus is working with young adults struggling with substance use and co-occurring mental health conditions. Bob has been in the helping field since 2011 in roles ranging from support staff to clinical director and is a person in long-term recovery himself. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Bob. Bob, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Let's jump in. Why don't you tell the listeners, because I actually don't know your history at all, so I'm kind of actually really excited. Where did you grow up, and what was the messaging that you were hearing kind of from your family as well as the community in which you were raised about post-secondary education?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town just north of Panama City, Florida, Mariana, Florida. Um, It's a rural community. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of overt messaging about you must go to school, uh, within my family and community, but I certainly felt it, if that makes sense. So internally, I felt that pressure. Um, it pre- within my family, there was certainly a history of everyone who, you know, that's just what you do. You graduate high school and you go right to school and then you finish school, you buy a house, you get married, you have children, you know, it, that's just what you did. And so I definitely felt that pressure internally, although my mom and dad certainly did not, Harp on it constantly. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it almost sounds like because it was unspoken, but right. the expectation existed because you're supposed to follow in their footsteps, maybe?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so my mom didn't go to college. Um, she graduated high school, and my dad kind of had a little bit of a gap between high school and College, and he kind of gathered himself together later in his life and went to school, graduated with a bachelor's degree, went on to get a master's degree, and uh, started a career. And so they, they didn't have the traditional path, and so there wasn't pressure of like, well, this is what Dad did. Mm. Um, but it was certainly within my family system as a whole. My mom is the oldest of eight, and so I have a ton of cousins. And every cousin who graduated high school went straight to school. Uh, they either went to Florida or Florida State. You know, those were the options that you went to. And um, and that's just what you did.
0: All right. Well, so then that's like the next question, of course, has to be, well, you know, when you graduated high school, did you go to school? And if so, like, what was the transition into adulthood like?
1: Yeah. So I did go to school and went to the University of Florida. So the transition, I guess part of the story is... During high school, I began using drugs and alcohol, and, and that escalated quickly once I left my family home and went to school because I had all this autonomy and freedom and, and I could make my own schedule and do whatever I wanted to do. And I lived in the dorms, and there were lots of other people doing the exact same thing I was doing. And so it escalated very quickly, the use did. So it was a difficult transition into you know, independence, Um, because I just I wasn't behaving in a responsible way yeah yeah
0: so I mean with that in mind then too did was there some sort of break within your college experience or were you able to be one of those and I hate to say it but I just you know it's one of those like functioning alcoholics right like I managed to make it all the way through and then after I get the diploma in hand it's just like oh yeah I I left college but college drinking didn't leave me
1: yeah um no, there was nothing functional about <laughs> <laughs> about nothing functional at all about the way that I used and drank. So there was a break, actually. I went to school for five years without graduating um until basically my family came down and drugged me out of Gainesville, and so there was a break for me to get help for that. And so I was twenty two. I think when they came and and said it's it's time to to get some help for yourself
0: Mm. well that's as a 22 year old you're like that was probably shocking so tell I mean tell us a little bit about kind of that five years into your college experience now you're you're kind of having a family intervention what was this next chapter like for you
1: Yeah, so, you know, I knew that I needed help, so it wasn't very hard to convince me that now is a good time to go. So I did, I went to a residential treatment program um, and came out, returned to my family's house, and things didn't did not go well with that transition and so it it wasn't that long after I returned home that I returned to using again and I went back to treatment for a second time and then went into a transitional living program after that and that so I was 23 by that time and that's when when and I haven't used or drank since I was 23 wow yeah
0: but I, I can go out on a limb and make an assumption that at some point you return to school, but I... I <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah
1: I, I did, I did. I did. Um, so I, I did, I went through the transitional living program and I ended up giving myself a break, which is something that I did not want to do, but it was the staff at the transitional living program that said, this is something you need to do is take a break, slow down, get a foundation underneath you, and then you can go back to school. And so that's what I did. And I think I was nine months to a year sober when I went back to school um, and completed a a bachelor's degree and then went on and got a master's degree after that.
0: Just for my own curiosity's sake, did you end up going back to the University of Florida or did you actually graduate from somewhere else?
1: I graduated from somewhere else. So that was... um, that was not something that was safe for me to return to it wasn't yeah. safe for me to return to Gainesville yeah. and i loved Gainesville um but it was something that i had to just internalize and accept that this is not a safe place for me to be yeah yeah
0: i'm sure you and i could probably have a completely separate conversation about this but that yeah. feels like there's so many young people that i've worked with and i'm sure you have too where it's like that your identity is tied to this you know, school that you really, like, just totally fantasize, like, this is where I'm going to, going back to your childhood mm-hmm. kind of vision, this is where I'm going to get my degree, make my friends, like, meet right. my my partner, like, you know, like, the the list goes on, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you have to make this very mature decision that, right. like, I, I still want to get a degree, but I cannot go back to that school mm-hmm. that I, like, you know, A, completely self imploded. Right. But also just like for recovery and kind of safety purposes, like you have to grieve that loss. Like I'm not that person anymore. And it's really not a safe environment for me to return to.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, my dad went to the University of Florida. I have multiple cousins who went to the University of Florida. So that was an important place within my family. And it was a difficult decision, especially given that, I could have returned to Florida and graduated within a year, whereas if I transferred to another university, the rules were you had to complete two years of coursework. So I actually extended my education to wow. stay safe and not return to Gainesville.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that was a extremely impactful and probably like you know very difficult yet relieving decision to yeah, make. It was. So okay you transferred, you get your bachelor's, you alluded to also getting your master's. Talk us through then some of the, like, what were some of the chapters leading up to where you are now? Because of course I want to highlight, like, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. When I was, when I was completing my bachelor's degree, I said, I would like to go on to, to graduate school. And I actually got a job, funny story. Well, maybe not so funny, but I I was arrested for something I had done two years before. And I lost the job that I had because of that arrest. And that very same day, the owner of the transitional living program offered me a job at the transitional living house when he found out that I had lost my job. And that's how I got into the field. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a dream of mine to become a therapist or work in the field. It wasn't something I was opposed to either. But I, I started working there, found out that I actually enjoy supporting and helping other people. And then I, so I completed my bachelor's degree and said I'd like to go on to become a therapist. And my grades were so bad from Florida that I actually did not meet the requirements for graduate school. Even with uh, straight A's for two years, at Troy University, which is where wow. I went in Alabama. And somebody told me, well, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that they say no. So, cause I wasn't going to apply. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I had to go through a interview process. A, they were concerned about my criminal record now. So I had to go through an interview process with that, with like a camp campus safety officer. Um, and I had drove up interviewed, for the graduate program with the director of the graduate school because he wanted to set eyes on me, you know,
0: I'm cringing. (laughs) He
1: was, he was a super great, super great guy. But my history showed, you know, that some things had happened. <laughs> Let's just put it that way.
0: Uh, if anybody from higher ed is listening to this, please be kinder to those of us in recovery. Like, my goodness. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, you know, some things had happened in my past, and he wanted to to meet me in person, and and he pushed for the graduate school to accept me. Wow. And and that's how I got into school, and and I. Moved to North Carolina, went to East Carolina University because they have their department is the Department of, of Addictions and Rehabilitation Counseling. So it was substance use specific and co-occurring mental health. And so that's the program that I wanted to go to and did well there. I maintained recovery, established a whole new recovery network. And really, it was the first time I was that far away from my family, too. So then I really had to learn how to do things on my own. Um, and that's really where I started to just develop identity and, and responsibility and that, hey, I'm a long way from home here, so I need to make sure I can take care of myself because mom can't come and rescue me in an hour. You know, it's not an hour drive anymore. Mm-hmm. I met my wife uh, when I was in school. So I was getting close to graduating and was looking for an internship. And I found a, a program online in Western North Carolina Uh, that was a substance use uh, treatment program residential and I randomly applied for an internship and was accepted and we so we moved to western North Carolina and I feel like that's when I truly became an adult first true like real career type Mm -hmm. job Um, first real relationship where we were supporting each other both emotionally and financially Um, and you know first real experience at just like okay now it's time for me to be fully responsible for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that job, I ended up getting a job there full time, uh, met a lot of great people, learned a whole lot. Um, and during that time, I, I actually worked in the young adults with young adult men. OK. Um, and we did we did adventure you know type stuff we went rock climbing, we went hiking, and we did a lot of groups in the woods and and that's when I really found out that natural environments actually offer this unique space for healing, yeah right, so people are different in a natural environment than when you're sitting in an office and so that's really how I got started in the field um I've bounced around all over the place um I've worked in residential for a while worked in outpatient managed outpatient programs for a couple of years helped grow a program down in Charleston um, and then eventually I was kind of sitting in an office one day and staring out the window and it was a beautiful day and I said I have to get the hell out of this office
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I
1: can't sit here anymore You're I like, just can't.
0: How did I get so far away from the outdoors <laughs>
1: yeah and I just I couldn't do it anymore and and luckily, I had good friends who had connections and said, "Hey, um, Blue Ridge Therapeutic Wilderness is looking for a therapist who's in recovery, a male has experience working with young adults because they want to do a substance use specific group and i said well hell i I kind of fit that description <laughs> and um and so here I am, so that's that's what we're doing so therapist for young adults with Blue Ridge, Emerald Arrow at Blue Ridge, and um, yeah, getting the group started.
0: So cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question because I ask all of my podcast guests, do you see yourself as successful?
1: I do. I do, actually. Yeah. So if you would have seen me 12 years ago from where I came from to where I am today, uh, I'm a drastically different person Not just because I pay my own bills and that sort of thing, but because I'm a different human being as in my spirit is different. And that to me is success. You know, paying your bills and independence and and all that is is important. And I'm married. um, I have twin boys that are two and a half years old and it's a lot, (laughs) a whole lot um and the responsibility of that is is really great and all of that stuff is is important to be able to take care of but it's also about you know who you are as a human being and when what your spirit has become
0: that's beautiful yeah. okay so i'm going to ask you the question then as a follow up if you could give some advice to i mean because you have worked with young adults for so long and because your own journey kind of like really pivoted when you were a young adult I'm gonna target that like age yeah. age range, so if you could give any piece of advice to a young adult who's struggling, whether it be related to substances or just like you know whatever during that kind of college age range or a college period, um what advice would you give that young person right now?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of advice <laughs> I would give yeah I think the the one thing that I would say is that is that there's no rush, is that it's completely fine to slow down and to sacrifice, well, what appears to be sacrificing, sacrifice a little bit of time so that you're setting yourself up to have an easier time later on. And so, you know, a lot that I learned is that when I was sober, school was was a lot of work, but it was a piece of cake. Do you know what I mean? Like holding a job down was easy you know showing up on time to work was easy relationships became easier and it's all because i i slowed down i wasn't in a rush and i got a foundation under me um and sacrificed a little bit of time before starting to launch into everything
0: which is so important and i mean you and i are like similar in age so like to think about Gosh, if I were to tell my 20-year-old self, like, slow down, 20-year-old Joanna would have been like, here's both fingers, you know, like, okay, (laughs) piss off, like, what? It's so much easier to say it, and in reality, I do hope that, whether it's a parent listening to this, too, Mm -hmm. I think that advice applies to them, too. Slow down, slow down putting the pressure on your young adult, like support your young adult in slowing down too, if they're Mm -hmm. initiating that. So I, I do think that that's great advice. I'm just giving you a hard
1: time. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I make it sound as if it was me that slowed down, but there was actually a lot of people around me that in a way made me slow down. Um, and so, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: I'm, like, picturing one of those, like, you know, there are, what is it, like, the car races or something where they have those, like, giant, uh, you know, ropes or blank, you know, whatever, where it's, like, you're just going so fast and you just, like, you have to be caught right. to, like, you know, slow down that momentum. Yep, that's a really that's... bad example because I know that's probably not accurate, but there's, like, something in my my mind that is playing out like that. Some version of that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate you following <laughs> Okay, so if there is a parent that is out there that's kind of curious about Blue Ridge for their young adult, um, how do people connect with you?
1: Yeah, so um, you can look it up, you know, Google Blue Ridge Therapeutic Wilderness. You can find our young adult program on our website, Emerald Arrow, um, and you can contact us through the website, um, give us a phone call. Any any of the admission staff that pick up um, can connect uh, any family or uh, young adult with me directly and I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone before they even decide to come to Emerald Arrow.
0: Well, I know at least one person, whether it's a parent or a young adult, is going to listen to this and uh, they're going to resonate with the story or they're just going to reach out to you because they want to connect with you and, and thank you for sharing your story or, or again, like potentially end up working with you. So I just want to personally thank you for taking the time to sit down and, and share a little bit of that insight of, of your journey with me and obviously put it out into the universe. So thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week and for being willing to share your journey. This podcast would not exist if it wasn't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for the next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. And also put a face with a voice by accessing their interview on the newly formed successissubjective.org website. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can email me at Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the CollegeAlternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to the show on Apple podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to success is subjective on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least, Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and by you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.
2: teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. If the latter applies to you, enter therapeutic consultants. Therapeutic consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TC's will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is TherapeuticConsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's TherapeuticConsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.